Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about a new project I've been working on for quite some time that I am so excited about. It is a fresh book just for all you mamas called Doing It All. Stop overfunctioning and become the mom and person you're meant to be. Doing It All is a simple framework designed to help you organize your stress, clear your mental clutter, and make more space for what really matters in your life. This book is about sharing my blueprint for achieving a centered life as a real working mom with real working mom problems. It's not about achieving a dazzling fantasy life of ease, wealth, and perfection, but a realistic life that's purposeful, organized, and aligned with your personal values. A life where you're able to prioritize what really matters and where everything, even laundry, has its place. Work calls? Yep. Time with your kids? Absolutely. Time for yourself? A top priority. Yes, you heard that right. This has nothing to do with manifesting positive vibes. You won't find a single affirmation here. Instead, you'll discover a practical framework, step-by-step plan, and over 40 targeted exercises, prompts, and activities. You can pre-order right now at amazon.com. Look for Doing It All by Dr. Whitney. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. It's Dr. Whitney. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. It is my pleasure to tell, to welcome two women who are working moms, but not in the traditional brick and mortar, go to the office sense. We're doing something really ambitious with their lives. And so I wanted to talk to them because sometimes we forget about these different parts of the working mom life. So I have Miss Taylor Raven, who's here today, and Rose Wetzel, who's here today. Ladies, introduce yourselves. Taylor, let's start with you. Um, I'm Taylor Raven. I'm a mom to a really cute 14-month-old, and I am an opera singer. So that keeps my life pretty interesting. I'm on the road a lot, and she's in tow with me. So yeah, that's a little about me. I love it. And Rose? Hello, everybody. I'm Rose Wetzel, and I am a mother of a six-year-old daughter, Taylor, who just started kindergarten. Woo! And I am a professional obstacle course racer. So I do not maybe a ton of traveling year-round, but I definitely have some bouts with intense travel some upcoming world championships in Belgium and, you know, Abu Dhabi. And I have a very untraditional job in that I have a lot of flexibility, which I appreciate. But I'm also just always on. It's like a, a lifestyle to be a professional athlete. It's like you don't really turn it off. You're constantly so, on. 
Yeah. Well, hey, congratulations on the kindergarten moment, because I don't know how you have been feeling once your child went to kindergarten, but I remember, of course, having these mixed emotions about I'm sending my baby off to school, but also this feeling of like real freedom. I mean, before when they're doing just like little bits here and there, daycare or preschool or whatever, it's so limited. Or when they're in daycare, they can get really sick or, you know, when they're younger. But once they go to kindergarten, it's like a chunk of time that you have to yourself to get some things done. Yes. I mean, bittersweet for sure. She was ready to go like, see ya. And I was like, okay, you know, so a good time. But it was, it was great. She's ready and that's huge. And then yes, these large chunks of time, knowing she's in great hands, learning is just a game changer. That's so awesome. All right. Now, Taylor, as you said, you have, I'm sure, a very cute, unbiasedly very cute 15 month old. <laughs> I'm always like, cute kids. I mean, they're cute to me. I don't know if anyone else thinks that they're cute. I think they're like fugly, but they're like super cute. Anyway, very cute 15-month-old. And yet you have your little one on the road with you. Talk to us about what that's been like over the last like year and a half. Because of course, there's so many different stages that go quickly in the first year and a half from being this crying infant that needs tons of assistance up all night, you may be more petite. And then once you get into like those toddler years, way more active, you know, maybe if you're staying in a hotel or in an Airbnb, you're worried they're going to break things. So talk to me about what the different challenges are. And then maybe what are some of the things that you found that are unexpected moments of joy? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I, I think in the beginning, the hardest part is just that they need you constantly and they have no independence. And I found that to be extremely difficult, especially with my job, which is very personal. It's, it's interpersonal, right? So when I'm at work, I'm not, I'm not kind of zoning out and going into a task by myself. I'm like having to interact with people and be vulnerable and all these things. And then I come home and this little one is like, you know, like hold me all day. And I found that to be like the most mentally fatiguing and it was really hard for me. I kind of just kind of like white knuckled through it, to be honest. I had a lot of support on top of that and it was still so hard. My husband's mother came with us for the first, my first gig back and Mm -hmm. she was amazing, but I was full-time breastfeeding. So like there's only so much help you can take, you know, but the older she got, I feel like the easier it got. She's very independent. Like she can, she'll just kind of walk off and go and find something, walk slash crawl off. She's still getting the hang of it (laughs) and find something to do. And I can just kind of keep my eye on her. So it is so different. The traveling is horrific. Like, I don't know. I I mean, I just find that all the things you have to bring, the the travel crib and the, you know, the, the car seat and the stroller and then you have to bring your things and you have to bring the, her things. And you're just, you know, I have a hilarious picture of my husband, like wearing the car seat on his back and like pushing two suitcases and then like kicking the travel crib, like a thing. And I'm like holding her and like, it, it's just it's chaos. I found that now my husband transitioned out of working remotely into being a stay-at-home dad and that has been the best thing for us. It's just so he's, he comes with me and he takes care of her when I'm at work. And then I give him a break when, when, you know, I get home and it's just more balanced. 
And I feel like we we operate better that way. I don't know how sustainable that is, but for now it really, really works for us. So yeah, it's just it's just changing every week and you just have to kind of go with the flow and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So two things you said that I think a lot of moms will resonate with. One is just this idea of your travel things not being your own anymore. My my husband is really big on efficiency through the airport. Like we have the TSA pre-check and he only brings like one little tiny bag and, you know, like nobody gets to overpack. But then when you have the little kids, like it doesn't matter what you want. They they have to have all the things. You have to bring all the, all the stuff. That does get so much better over time. But it is a point of stress just it's like physically to be doing it all by carrying all those things as a family and then needing a bigger car to put stuff in and needing a space to put all the things. And then the other thing that you talked about was this idea, and I'm sure this is probably true for you as well, Rose, is for all three of us, really the job is so outward facing. You're you're constantly like in a performance mode, you know, and you're with a little bit like glad handing people and and saying hi and being on and and for my work as well, like being very vulnerable and emotional and trying to be very focused. I get up in front of a a group of people and speak to a room of 600 people and then just like be on autopilot. I have to be very, very dialed in. And so to come home after that is sometimes draining because your kids don't know what your day was like, that you just put in all this effort. You weren't sitting at a computer just clicking buttons. Like they expect you to be fully there. Rose, have you had that experience where you feel like, man, I just, you know, did this crazy obstacle course. I just did this crazy physical thing. And now emotionally, I don't know how much more bandwidth I have left. Oh, it totally. Yeah. The, the, especially when Taylor, my daughter's name is Taylor. Great name. <laughs> when she was, you know, two, I was on American Ninja Warrior. And actually she knew I was on TV because she was there. And she like gave this like, I think you have a high five at the starting line. And like, she just like, I got airtime probably mainly because of her. I got okay, okay far, but nothing, nothing too crazy. I think it was all about the cute kid. The team knew that I was doing something big, but, but the reality is that she doesn't really know it at two years old and really not even much at six that like, Hey, like this is an extra big day. Mommy's going to be on TV. The thing she's like training for all year is like today. Right. Maybe it goes really well and that's great. Maybe it doesn't go well and mommy needs a moment to kind of, you know, focus and like figure out what she needs to work on. But the two, the three, the four, it's really not the zero-year-old and, and really not even so much the six-year-old. They don't understand that, you know, they're yeah. not, especially below that age of reach. And they just want you to play. They just, especially if you, I found if you can learn what their love language is. Are you too familiar with the, like the theory of love languages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently it works, you know, it works for kids as well. So I found, I've tried to figure out what my kid's love language is because then I can get like more bang for my buck with my effort. Yeah. So it turns out my kid loves gifts. I'm much more of a words person and time. She likes gifts and gifts are, you know, great. Don't get me wrong to receive, but they're just not super high on my list. I was one of nine kids growing up, which was always just kind of like not enough to go around in, in anyways. Like I couldn't rely on gifts, you know, uh-huh. to, to feel loved. So I'm learning, okay, I got to hit up the dollar store on the way home and find some trinket for her. And then she can receive that, feel loved, 
and then go off in the corner and play with that. And that gives me a few moments to gather myself and kind of regroup after a really intense, like you say, forward facing on performance type of day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on the trinket front, what I have found with my kids, dollar store is great. But I also, everywhere I travel, I get them like a little keychain. And so they keep them on their backpacks now from all the different places that I go. Like there's a good Orlando one and a, you know, New York one and whatever. And so my kids are very like, one of my kids is very gift oriented as well. And so that's cheap enough that I can buy it and it's not going to break the bank. But it's enough for her to feel like, oh, this is something really fun that I got from mom on, on her trip. What advice would either of you have for moms who have a big dream for themselves, but feel like maybe there's not enough room in like being a mom and being a, a worker to have room for both of those dreams, to like have the dream of being an amazing mom and have the dream of pursuing this amazing thing that you care the most about. Like, what, what's, what's the advice that you would give for someone who is, is grappling with that, who's feeling like maybe I shouldn't go after my dream? And you're just saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, that's a big question. I, I think what, what, I, what, may, what I thought of when you asked that question was what example I wanted to leave for Jade, for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I want her to look at me and it to be a reflection of of who she, she wants to become when she's older and what she wants yeah. to do in her life. And I think I want her to look up to me in that way of, you know, mom wanted to do this and she did it. Not to say that when, when women, you know, <clears throat> choose to focus solely on their kids, you know, that's a 100% mm-hmm. thing. But I think, I think that I just want to set a good example for her in that way of you don't have to choose as a woman. You don't have to, you you have the choice. And if you choose to have a job and be a mom, you can do it and it's possible. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to just have a job and not be a mom, that's cool. And if you choose to, you know, be a mom, that's cool. But I just want her to know that she doesn't really have to choose one or the other if she doesn't want to. And so I think that is the big thing, but there's the practical side of you need so much support to do both. So you have to establish that support first, I think, before you before you go down the path of the balancing act of being a working mom, for sure. Yeah, totally. I, I love that. I mean, actually, I, I think a ton about this idea of modeling or imagining what I want life to be like for my kids all the time. I think about that all the time when I think about my husband and I, like how I want my kids to be treated by their partner. And I use that a lot actually with my partner to be like, okay, so the way I want to divide up things in our house and like how we're going to divide it, like, let's think about what we want our kids to experience when they're older. What do we want their expectations to be on here? You know, because whatever we do, that's what they're going to think is normal. That's what they're going to think is okay. You know? So I love that, this idea of like, and of course, like you said, everything's fine, you know, but this podcast, it's primarily working moms that are listening to it. So I think we're, I think we're safe to say like the majority of women that are listening to this podcast do have some other big thing outside of their kids that they want to pursue and that they want to be part of, or that brings them a lot of satisfaction. Let's just say that, you know, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Rose? 
Taylor, you hit the nail on the head. And I'd love to build off the last thing you touched on, which is having a really strong base. So the first thing that I thought of was just, if someone's saying, I'm here right now in my life and I want to do something else, bigger, different, you name it. I recommend stepping back and building an even stronger foundation. How far do you want your tower to go up? Make sure you've got a strong enough foundation to support the level of the hike that you want to get. So for me, I happen to also have a really supportive husband and that's, that's huge. Not everyone has a supportive partner. Not everyone has a partner at all. Doesn't mean it can't be done. It just means you need to, to cultivate a support network with other people, be a support for others, all of that. I found too that like you can't overdo the basics. So for me, that's sleep, which I know is, is hard for a lot of people, but as an athlete, sleep is absolutely crucial. Sleep. Maybe as a, as a singer, it's even more like hydration. Like I have to be hydrated. I cannot sing that hydrate, you know? So whatever that is, it's, but just for me, it's like, whenever I'm like, God, feeling kind of overwhelmed, but it's like, step back. How am I doing with my basics? What can I cut out that is not a direct line to my biggest goal that I have? And then regroup. So it's nutrition for me specifically, but really I think everyone can relate to this. Like, am I taking care of myself physically, mentally? There's some saying I've heard that's like, like an ancient saying that's like, if you, you know, uh, meditate for 20 minutes every day, which I don't do, but I did four minutes a day for 101 days. And of course, I had to blog about it because it's a really big deal for me. But I did a, a four minutes a day. So, but basically the saying is meditate for 20 minutes a day. And if you're too busy to do that, meditate for an hour. So like really, you know, like, Take care of your basics. And for me, it's, yeah, it's, it's sleep, it's uh, nutrition. For me, it's also supplementation. I've been taking a supplement called MitoQ that works on like the cellular foundation. I'm 41 years old. My cells don't have quite the zip <laughs> and, and zest that they did before because, you know, as we age, our, our cells start to decline. But I'm lining up on world championship race start lines with people 20 years younger than I am. And when I do things like, you know, take this MitoQ, this world first, like micro antioxidant that like really goes in and energizes my cells, then I feel confident that I can mix it up with the best of them. So nutrition, supplementation, sleep, hydration, meditation, socializing. Some people really need a lot of social time. Some people need a lot of alone time. Whatever it is that you need, find that foundational Find that, 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 that balance, if you will, or, 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 or even do more on the side that you really need. Build your foundation very, very strong, recoil, and then you can blast off and conquer the world. Yeah, totally. Okay, so super interesting. And I was telling this to Taylor before we started recording for the podcast today. I was just on somebody else's podcast. And basically, they asked me a similar question about basically like, well, how do you like, if you want to live a more like centered life or a life that has more meaning or satisfaction, like how do you do it? And I was talking about this idea from my new book called Doing It All, where you basically spend some time getting back, zooming out, thinking about what are the things that bring me joy and what are my real values and trying to have like five of each and combining them to create five priorities in your life. And then deciding those are the places I'm going to put the vast majority of my time and my energy. And then all the other things in my life, I'm going to like get them done, but not waste time on them, basically, right? Try to do them efficiently or give them to someone else or say no to or whatever. 
And they go, Whitney, like, there's no way that women, that's like, if people are overwhelmed, that will feel like so much work. And to your point, Rose, I was like, okay, well, it's like, if you want to build a house, I mean, I guess you could just keep on like putting bricks on top of like a bunch of sand or like, you know, not put any foundation on the bottom. But we're talking about if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you want to pursue something that's you're really passionate about, plus being an amazing mom, I just don't think it's possible without zooming out a little bit and thinking about what are the things that matter to me? How am I going to set myself up for success? Now, I'm sure, Taylor, you can speak to this because you're in the thick of it right now, even more than Rose and I are. But it's not like you have everything figured out. Like, I'm sure you've like learned a ton along the way. And it's not like you sat there and like created a whole business plan for your work mom life. But is is Rose right? Are there certain things that you do to make sure that you're able to do your job really well to keep on reaching your dream? It's really interesting to hear Rose talk from an athletic perspective because we like to, opera singers like to kind of go about kind of our lifestyle in a very similar way athletically. Mm-hmm. We have to take care of our body, our health. Yes, we have to hydrate. We have to sleep. Like we have to sleep. We have these, we're like, we have these little vocal folds in our in our throat that are like the size of a dime and we use them for everything and they're super vulnerable. And if we don't sleep, they don't recuperate. They don't like a muscle, you know, they don't regenerate and and relax. And so if you're not sleeping, like when you have a newborn, you know, you're, you're working on stuff. So, yeah, I, it's really interesting. I, I've started, what I've started doing is waking up an hour before for my daughter, which sounds, you know, counterintuitive, but she's kind of a late sleep, sleeps in a little bit. And all the books say wake them up at seven, but I don't, I'm, I let her sleep as long as she wants. And then I, I get up at seven and I do like my 20 minute yoga and have some quiet time. I make my coffee. I sit on the couch. I just like have a moment to myself. And she wakes up about eight. And that like one hour in the morning just like sets me up. You know, it's just like my time to like, I'm Taylor. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a singer. I'm a person. Like just to have that moment. I could do better with sleep for sure. I I love to stay up late and like doodle bop around my house and do stupid things that I shouldn't do. And I really should, should sleep more. I should, I need to work on that. But, but yeah, I, I take that one hour in the, in the morning and my husband knows like if, if Jade wakes up, he goes and gets her. Cause that's just like my time. So yeah, I, I, I like to check all those, those boxes too, of like eating well, drinking water, sleeping. It doesn't always happen, but, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. 
I had a psychologist on the podcast recently, Dr. Morgan Cullip. She has an amazing book that's just best about and her phrase that she uses is go mom yourself, which I love that because it's so like, of course, you would make sure your kids get water. You wouldn't let your kids stay up all night long. You wouldn't see your kids only junk food, you know, like you wouldn't make your kids run around frazzled, you know, but we don't take care of ourselves in that same way. So basically her point is like, you have to treat yourself and like your little inner child the same way that you would everybody else in your life. Yeah. I like that. Rose, how do you feel like being a mom has influenced your profession and your work? Like what positive things do you feel like being a mom has brought? Is there anything that it's taught you? Is there anything that you feel like, wow, because I'm a mom, I'm a better athlete in this way, or I've been more successful in this way? Great question. So I use my body to do my job in a very physical manner. So, you know, going through pregnancy and then postpartum clearly got in the way of being able to just like get up and go and, you know, <laughs> race and, and, and race well and all of that. So after I had my daughter, I had to really evaluate. I mean, is this, is this dream, this goal, this really unique career that I've worked so hard to get to? Is it, you know, kind of worth all the time it's going to take to come back as an athlete? Or is it time to just kind of like go get that clickety-click office job and sell some <laughs> stuff and say, you know, gosh, that was fun while it lasted. And <clears throat> I thought hard and long about it. And I wanted to show my daughter what it was like to persevere. I, you know, I lost a lot of blood in childbirth. And so I was anemic after giving birth and that did not bode well for running. It doesn't help anybody for living, but definitely difficult for running. And so I did really dig myself out of the trenches. It took longer than I thought. I was like, I'm going to bounce back because I'm mm -hmm. motivated and hardworking. And it was really humbling. And I think that it made me a better athlete and that there was that kind of mom strong that came out and I wanted to, I had a more meaningful reason to do it. It wasn't just about me or inspiring, you know, people on Instagram. It was like, my daughter is watching and mm -hmm. she is seeing me literally sometimes pick myself up when I fall down <laughs> in a race, slip on mud or whatever. And I think there's a lot of value to that. And so that got me to push through and dig deeper on extra challenging days. Yeah. Oh, so much about modeling today. I love that. This was not the conversation I was thinking we would have, but I, I do think it's true. And I guess one thing I want to say, because I'm sure that there's some people who are out there thinking like, well, gosh, like no pressure. Our kids are watching us. Like, sure. But that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You just talked about falling down and picking yourself oh. up. I, you know, like today I apologized to my kids after I dropped them off. I had to take them quickly to school early so I can make it back to record a different podcast. And I was like, they were all flustered when they go to school. And I go, sorry, guys. I know this is because of me that you guys are feeling flustered. So sorry. I, I shouldn't have planned it this way. Next time I'll know that I needed five or 10 extra minutes buffer to make this happen. And they're like, that's okay. But, I, but I'm hoping that that type of vulnerability or like self-reflection helps them to not be so self-critical of themselves as they get older, you know, and as they're trying to juggle things. I think that's an important piece of being a mom that we can teach our kids for sure. Yeah, totally. Taylor, yeah. Taylor, how have, have has being a mom influenced your career? Oh, man. 
I think I, I've got this kind of new capacity, but I feel like, and I, I feel like I'm so much more empathetic. I feel like I, I am more, I read situations and, and, and people a little differently now. Um, and I think that transfers to my work. And as an actress and a singer, it, I feel like when I'm on stage, I sang Carmen this summer at, at Des Moines Metro Opera, and I brought her with me. And so my whole family was with me. And it's one of those roles where you're on stage the whole night and you're, you know, it's, it's, you're the title character and it's, you know, and I'm, my personality as a person is very, I'm, I don't want all the attention on me. I'm kind of, and I love roles where I can kind of like support and lift up someone else in, in a show. And so I, I, I was kind of like doing this thing for the first time of like being the person on stage. Yeah. And I found that being a mom like totally helped me get through it and manage it. The like the multitasking that you learn how to do as a mom, it's just like super helpful when you have a limited amount of time to practice. And now I'm just like, all right, I got 50 pages to learn in three weeks. Here we go. And like, I'll do it the hour that she's napping. Like, I'm going to go into turbo mode here and I'm just going to get it done. And so like my brain is just more like task oriented, I feel like, than it used to be. So, yeah, I think empathy and and just like an ability to to make a plan and like to tell my brain, this is what we're doing right now because this is the only time that you have today to do it. So in that way, it really helps. And also, I just love when my daughter's with me and she gets to meet all of my castmates. Like she would come. I was still nursing her at the time this summer and she would come to the building and like meet all of my castmates and all of my friends that I was working with. And she became like a part of the family there. And like, you know, it just. I think when, and she gets older and she starts to really understand what she's doing and who she's with, I think it's just going to be really a cool part of her life to like meet so many people and live in so many different places. And I think it's just going to like keep her open, you know, to, to people and to the world. So I just, I think that's really cool. I don't know. I'm not quite brave enough now for her to come to stuff. I feel like I'm scared. I don't know, Rose, you, you said that your daughter comes to your races, but I'm like, I'm wondering does your mind ever go into like mom mode on accident while you're like, <laughs> like you're, yeah. you know, like great I'm just question. I'm going to like, it is a great her. question. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, like hear her squeal or something and I'm going to get distracted. Yeah. Well, you know that she's in good hands, right? And so do I. So mm-hmm. I know that, yes, even if I hear like, I'm mommy, I'd be like, but, you know, but I've been lucky because so far the only, times I've ever even interacted with her like right before a race is when one time when she did she was like she was like and this is like a this is like a live stream race so not not on like NBC sports or anything but but still like a live stream race we're lining up it's one of the Spartan series races and we're lining up um so I have like a minute or two to start and she like wants me to like meet her new friend she's like you know, almost six. And she's like, mommy, like, like waving at me. I'm like, hey, honey, like you're trying to like give me the, like, I was like, I can't cross the tip line because my chip will. Anyways, somehow she ran up to me on the starting line and gave me the world's biggest hug. And I was like, started to almost cry. And I was like, I've already won. And like got this, received this huge hug from her. And then she ran off. It took all of 25 seconds. 
filled my heart with joy. Greenland, not like up on stage, Taylor, where it's like literally like, okay, you said you, honey, you got us. It's a starting line, you know, but still, it was so cute. And I think I got like a turbo boost. And then Spartan Race like filmed it and, you know, took the, took the clip and like blasted it out on social media and like, which is like, you know, so everything ended up being great. Someone yeah. commented though, and they were like, when I was like, oh, it was actually great. Like it filled my heart and like I felt like I already won. And they're like, yes, you got the, the, the fun side where you had a boost. But if she had run, if someone had run up and been like, your daughter just hit her head, you would have been like, dang it, you know? So right. it is, it's your, it's like your heart lives over here and you're mm-hmm. trying to perform and get, you know, in the zone. Yeah. Something wonderful from, from your kid can boost it, but just as quickly that could have been negative. So being able to compartmentalize, I don't know how one does that if someone says something like your kid is hurt, but I think it's, it's rare that our kids would just randomly get hurt in like an opera house. Or yeah. like, oh, that's yeah, I totally. I don't know how to be that I'm supposed to go on stage and my husband has called me and I've made the mistake of picking up the phone and it's my autistic daughter like, mommy, so-and-so doesn't like me anymore than I don't know. And she's like sobbing, you know what I mean? And like, you're sp- and I was like, oh, I was thinking this was going to be something really quick, you know, like five minutes before you're supposed to go on. And it's not. It's like this like catastrophic moment for her. So I do think sometimes that can be kind of hard. But I've learned now after that to be like, okay, do not disturb goes on 20 minutes ahead, you know, 30 minutes ahead. I can't be distracted. That's part of my preparation time where I need to like do whatever type of meditation or do whatever type of breathing or do whatever type of like practicing that I need to with other people. So I think there's a hundred percent ways to get around that. And by the same token, similar to you, Rose, I've had my daughter come in in the middle of podcast recordings and like say something that's so sweet or, you know, show up and say she wants to be part of a video, you know, or my youngest daughter's on the cover of my first book and she in the grocery store will be like, my mom's, my mom's a famous author, which I'm not, you know, but she's like, my mom's a famous author and I'm on the cover of a book. And then I'll like get a book sale. <laughs> but I, and I'm just out there peddling my kid. But it is this, this, <laughs> I think like professionally, of, it's someone I wouldn't have even thought of making a connection with, honestly, not even about business, just about being a mom. And, and the, the kids absolutely bring out that like, oh, well, you look like you're a mom. So you should have this information as well. Here, my mom has some information to tell you, you know. So I do think kids make it like on the whole, a hundred percent better. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much for being here. As we close out, I would love it if each of you, I'll start with Rose, could just give like one or two practical pieces of advice for people who from a career standpoint, are interested in doing something like you're doing. So if you have any pieces of advice about like, you know, breaking into an industry or becoming kind of like in an athletic position or tailor anything about kind of the music world or opera, just because I think people ask me lots of questions about that too, about being an author, about speaking, how to do those things. So for people that are interested in kind of these like, out of the box, not in an office careers. What are, what's a piece of advice you might give them, Rose? 
get a coach. I am a coach. I have a coach. Get a coach. Get a coach. It w- so obviously, if you're trying to get better, like at, you know, stronger, get a strength coach, a speaking coach. I have a speaking coach. I need to work on speaking slower. I know, but I'm getting there. I am took a life coaching certification and uh, I'm starting a badass hot mess. Maybe I should say bad ASS. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. We put, we put the explicit label on there. It's all fine. <laughs> the badass hot mess life coaching is what I'm working on. And I'm, I'm working on things on myself first. And the biggest thing that's helped me is just, like I said, stepping back and looking at the foundation. If I had 50 clients tomorrow just dying to be you know, serviced by me, would I even have the capacity to take them on? And so right. I read the book. Susie Orman has a great book called Women and Money. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know where, you know, know where your money's going, have it work for you. So it's there when you want to take your business to the next level or whatever the case may be. So that to me, like money and finances, personal finance goes into like the foundational part because it's really, it's very confidence building to have your act together in all the departments, especially that one. So hire a coach, you know, read books like, like, you know, that will help with foundational organization like Susie Orman's Money and Women. And then as far as like athletics in specifically, you know, it's just a, a matter of, you know, what do you, what are you both good at and enjoy? And what are you willing to be doing many, many, many hours a day? Like even when it's what you enjoy, but it's no longer enjoyable every minute. Um, right. So have <laughs> this like staying power <laughs> and are you mm-hmm. let your hobby turn into a job? Some people are like, I love to paint. You're such a good artist. You should be, you know, sell stuff. And sometimes it can be valuable to have that slash profession where you do art. Maybe you make some money or maybe you make a lot of money. That's great. But then you have another job like, you know, where you actually like can pay the bills so you can let that creative side to you flow out and not always have to like force it or force performances. So there's just different ways to do it, both professional or like slash, depending on obviously talent level, but also just your desire to turn your hobby into a job and the, the really cool things that come with that and the not so cool things that come with that, where it's like, oh, I used to do this to relax. Now I have to run for three hours and not just, you know, sort of whatever pace I want. So right. yeah, coaching and taking care of the foundational basics uh, have helped me a lot. I love that. That's great advice. What do you think, Taylor? Well, there's so many different ways to be a singer and to be a performer and to be a classical musician in general. So I think to speak broadly, you know, finding how and, and what way you want to be a performer or be a singer. Is that as a soloist? Is that as a chorister? Do you just want to be on stage and work as a, as a super or, or an actress or, or do you have an instrument that you play? These are all things, you know, <clears throat> to consider and then find people or a person who can mentor you. I think mentorship is is huge in what we do. Find someone, you know, through word of word of mouth or through research that does what you want to do and and talk to them. And then on top of that, I think when I when I found out I was pregnant, the first thing that I did was reach out to moms who I knew had done this. They had they were performers and they were moms. And I I've reached out to a few of people that were a little older than me and had kind of, you know, had had their career going. And I asked them, like, what do I do? And one, I mean, one of one of my friends sent me a list of like this journal that she had written from like the years that she had been traveling with her kid of just like things that came up. 
just like very vulnerable and sweet of like, this is just like, you know, what I was thinking at this point and what I was thinking at that point and, you know, all these things. And it was just like so helpful to me. So I think finding what you want to do and how you want to go about it or how you want to enter, find a mentor and then talk to people who are doing both and kind of immerse yourself in in that kind of way of thinking and 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 go about it that way yeah yeah that 100% I think kind of the mentorship of the like-minded people there's going to be tons of naysayers there's going to be tons of people that say you can't do that or that's too hard or how do you do it but there are people out there that are like you that are maybe like a little bit too much just like you (laughs) that want a little bit too much just like you you know and like those are your people if you're going for something that's big something that's different your people are the dreamers your people are the people who who like understand you so surround yourself with more people like that support you and encourage you when you feel like stopping, when you feel like not continuing to run or not continuing to speak or not continuing to write or not continuing to sing every single night. Because you're absolutely right, Rose, that there is this staying power piece of it. Of if once it becomes the thing that you rely on to keep your house running, to pay your bills, to pay your mortgage, then sometimes it's not always fun every single moment anymore. And so you need that staying power and that encouragement to be able to keep on keeping on and to get yourself through those tough times till you get to the joyful parts again. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. All right. Thanks, you guys, so much for being here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.